Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is Amets here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how are you doing? I am fantastic. That is a former slogan of the NBA from way back in the day. Fantastic? Yeah, it's like, I think the slogan was, it's fantastic. I think it was the one before I love this game. That's the big one. That was what... Uh, Yeah, I love this game had the most, most traction behind it. Was fantastic around the, like, the early to mid-90s? I, no, I think it would have even been earlier. Maybe, like, late 80s into early 90s? Okay. That would be my guess. I'm not positive, though. I was I was trying to line it up with when you know that that John Tesh NBA on NBC theme. Oh my God, that that is for my money the best sports theme or sports network theme of any of them all time. Every sport, every network. That's that's the that one, right? yes. Okay. If yeah. you if you tune into this to hear me badly humming John Tesh songs, it's your lucky week. <laughs> That's what we're thinking about renaming the podcast. Badly <laughs> humming John. I well, I don't know how many episodes that could be. I don't know enough John Tesh songs. Oh, we could just play at his albums in their entirety. Uh legally, can we do that? Well, who would I find think- out? Yeah, I think, well, that's a good point. The I think he's got, like, live at, live at Red Rocks or something we can yeah. play. <laughs> Speaking of John Tesh, though, and kind of odd celebrities, we are trying out a new game. Be pimp why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about it? All right, well, um, first of all, the credit for naming this game goes out to uh, Big Waz. He came through and, and gave us a great name here. But what I want to do now, I'm going to start this one because I came up with this. So I'm going to give Andy, Amet, sorry, a series of names of public figures. You know, could be athletes, could be comedians, whatever. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to tell me whether or not they will have a personal life section on their Wikipedia page. It's clear cut, straightforward. I like it, and we are not including baloney sections like early life or some that might include little personal tidbits we're saying personal life section or no personal life section it has to be a section it has to be in the you know if you use the app it's got that little sidebar you could pull in to like see the outline of the article Mm -hmm. it's got to have personal life as one of the headings and the reason i'm doing this is because i find i read a lot of wikipedia articles and i find that it's sometimes surprising who will have one that you might not expect, and then people you think obviously would sometimes don't. So we're going to test this theory out and see if you can, how well you do at, at guessing this. I think I, I would do okay. I I think it really depends on if the person has an avid fan base or not, even if they are obscure. Because somebody's yeah. got to be taking the time to write this. Or exactly. maybe the person is even like more... Shallow, the celebrity is more shallow than that and actually takes the time to write it themselves or have a publicist write it or something like that. They hire they hire a full-time employee to like maintain the Wikipedia page. I mean, that's probably the first person I would hire in an entourage. <laughs> I'm controlling okay. the information about me. <laughs> okay, you, you're, you're in charge of Wikipedia now. You're my favorite, so you better do a good job. Mm-hmm. And we're going to call this Let's Get Personal. All right, you ready for the theme song? I'm ready. Three, 
two, one. Let's, Let's get, get personal. Personal. Perfect. All right. B-Pimp, who do you have for me to guess if they have a personal page or not? The first person on this <sighs> inaugural edition is going to be... We, get, we need a drum roll or something. Dave Attell. Dave Attell. Whoa. Wait, do you know these ahead of time? I do. Oh, because okay. I'm Okay, I'm so I know you picked a mix. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. It's not going to be all one or the other. Dave Attell, I will say, does not. Oh, you're one for one. Ooh. All right. I was trying to be tricky. And you got me on the first one. Yeah, he does not He does not. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I, I don't feel like his personal life is out there, and I'm not sure anybody would, like, super care either. So that's... Okay. That's, that's... So that's a good... Your your uh, your approach to this is, is working so far. All right, one for one. One for one. Okay. So now, the second one is David Cross. David Cross does. Oh, two for two. Yes! I'm going for the clean sweep, my friend. Wait, hold on. Let me... Uh... One thing I want to do is, if they do have one, I'm gonna I'm gonna skim it really quick and see if there's anything interesting that we should. Uh... See, I know he's married to like an actress or was. I'm not really sure. Yeah, Amber Tamblin. Yeah, there you go. So that's why he has one. I feel like. Oh no! There's a little tidbit at the end that's very interesting. Um, he was one of the first investors in Kickstarter. Oh shit! You must be right. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, all right, so two for two. Okay, okay, who you got next? Number three is somebody that should be near and dear to your heart. Mm-hmm. Former Seattle Supersonic Center, Irvin Johnson. Whoa. <laughs> I will go with, oh my God. Now you got to remember, sometimes maybe I'm saying ones that I may think you're going to answer one way and you might, you know, you got to just keep that in mind. I'm just, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Here's my thought with Urban Johnson. It, and this is not my final answer, but my thought with Urban Johnson probably is that he does have one and it's like one sentence. So I'm going to say, <laughs> yes, he has one. I got you. Damn it. Oh. Not. Uh, I thought that was the trick. Oh, I should have guessed it. See, I overthought it. I went against my... That's what... You know, at first blush, you might think this is an easy game, but... (sighs) But you you knew how to really trick my, like, critical mind by including a Sonic, which obviously was going to totally warp my judgment. Yeah, it's going to make you... It's going to make you uh, emotional rather than... Right. Logical. (laughs) Uh, Of course. (laughs) Um, Okay, I got a couple more. All right. The next one is... Continue with a sort of a loose theme I'm, I have going here. Um, magician, illusionist, David Blaine. David Blaine does not. David Blaine, the famous illusionist, does have a personal life. Ah, uh, I should have guessed. He's famous enough to have one. I just thought I don't really know anything about his personal life, so maybe it's like purposefully obscured, but... Here's, here's the thing about his that's interesting. He has a very small, it's like a paragraph, but his fiance uh, gave birth to their child in a blizzard in New York where there was no cars on the road, so he had to get a snowplow to bring him to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Would not have expected that. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so that's David Blaine. Now you get to learn a little bit about these celebrities, too. Nah, I'm glad I do. Although, I, I'm, I'm ashamed that's bringing me back to uh, being two for four. Yeah, you're 500. You're like a average sports team. <laughs> and a very small sample size. Yeah. Um, okay, I think this... you might be able to finish strong, though. Let's right. see. I got one more. This is... Do you remember the viral sensation that girl who said, catch me outside? <laughs> kind of. I never really, I heard of the viral sensation, but I don't think I ever saw the video. Her name, her name is Danielle Brigoli, and she also goes by Bad Baby because she's now a rapper, believe it or not. Okay. So this is the last one. Does she have a personal life? I will say especially since this happened, what, in the last year or two? Uh-huh. Or less? I, and it's... Because because she's famous because of the internet, if she's famous at all, I will say yes. She does not! Oh! Woohoo, baby! Two for five! See, it's tough. Oh, that is tough. I, you know, I got overconfident at the beginning, and then I was just... Oof. I like it, though. I think you. We have to switch off. So, like, if we, we, you know, when we do this again, you have to, you have to uh, be the quiz master, and then we can keep a running tally and use the king of let's get personal. Oh, absolutely! No, I'm excited for that. Uh, podcast listeners, look out for early in the new year. We will be doing let's get personal again. Two for five. Ooh. Two for five. I you see. Like, you start out there and it's it's smooth sailing, and then I got some curveballs. Yeah, real curveballs. Irvin Johnson. What What made you even think to look up Irvin Johnson? I was just looking up a bunch of random people, and I was like, you know, I was I looked up Percy Hawkins first, ah. and he, he, he doesn't either, spoiler alert, so I'm not going to use him in this game, but okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I thought it might have been too obvious, because he's, uh, although I, I guess any of them can be tricky, because who knows who's going to put a personal life section on a Wikipedia article, but. Right. That one I should have guessed, but not. Yeah. I don't know, but that's the hard part. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if we can do well at that because I feel like you just get it's like it seems binary, but it's not because you never know. No, no, you really never know. It's not based on how even what your perceived impression of their fame is, really. Right. Ah, uh, that's tough. Well, I'm gonna drink my sorrows away if you don't mind, because <laughs> I have a whiskey, and it is. George Dickel Rye Whiskey. Um, and it is 45% alcohol by volume, meaning it's 90 proof. It says it's chill filtered. Don't know what that means. And small batch, which I guess you can just say that no matter what, right? Yeah, I guess there's probably a loose uh, definition. Bar, a bar I, you have to clear to be considered that. I have a tough time believing this is actually a small batch. But what is interesting about this is it's not Kentucky. It's actually distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, and it's bottled by George Dickel and Company in Norwalk, Connecticut. Interesting. I've heard I've heard about this one. I don't know if I've ever had it. I thought I heard it was. Hmm, I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to cloud your opinion, but yeah, I I got it because I really wasn't sure what I thought about it. It's uh, in terms of price, it's not expensive, but it's not like dirt cheap either. Uh, it is in a glass bottle, so here we go. Bottoms up. Is that is that smooth or does it get the boot? 
Oh, wow. I, um, boy, I hate to do this. My initial impression was I was kind of riding the fence with it. Um, but the aftertaste is putting me toward the boot category. Uh oh. So I, I'm afraid to say it's my third whiskey in a row that I've done this to, but I'm giving it the boot. You are killing these whiskeys. You know what sucks, though? I have now, like, three almost full bottles of boot-level whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be... You have a collection of whiskeys that you would drink. They're not offensive, but you're not going to get excited about it. Yeah, I thought it was going to be, like, more cost-efficient to, you know, get cheaper whiskeys if I was going to have to get them this often. But now I'm realizing I should just get better ones because I'll actually drink them. Yeah, it's a, that's a dilemma. Yeah, this one is not so bad that I wouldn't mix it with something, but just on the rocks, uh, I don't think so. All right, well, sorry, George Dickel. That's another boot. You've been booted. Yeah, well, B-Pimp, it's your turn for next time, so um, look out for that, but I, uh, yeah, I gotta give this one the boot, unfortunately. Actually, you know, for uh, our next episode, we we have a special guest. Oh, yeah. So we should have both of you try it. All right, I think you do that. Okay. I've been talk. I've been. I've been kind of, you know, having some conversations with our special guest. I'm not going to ruin who it is. Um, okay. But he's he's talking a big game. I don't know if he, he may not necessarily be totally on board with our cho- our spirit of choice. So we may have to see how this plays out. But. Okay. Well, I am for whatever you decide to do. Um, just to be clear, though, the special guest is not Irvin Johnson, is it? It's not. I have, That's still in the pipeline. I, I haven't finalized that yet. Okay. I wonder what he's up to. Um, He seems to have a lot of time. He answers my uh, instant messages pretty quickly. So. Oh, good. Um, I think he's... <laughs> things have slowed down a little bit. I think he's looking for some PR, so maybe we can get him on. Yeah. All right. Well, so our top five, uh, speaking of sports people, is... The top five sports villains. So we had mentioned movie villains, uh, what, an episode ago, a couple episodes ago? And we said, hey, let's take this idea, bring it to the sports world. We all have sports people we hate. Let's count down our top five list. Yeah, let's get people riled up. Let's get them riled up. We know also sports villainy is kind of in the eye of the beholder. I mean, where a movie villain might be a lot more cut and dry. It's not necessarily the case in the sports world. Right. So it's, uh, mine is, it is somewhat of a personal list. So Mine is, mine is all members of the Minnesota Twins from the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're going to have no overlap. <laughs> all right, in that case, let's get to it. These are our top five sports villains. More than four, less than six, it's the top five. All right, B-Pimp, what is your number five? My number five, speaking of personal beefs, is former New York Knicks shooting guard and general annoyance, John Starks. Oh, that's a good one. He He is is such a pain in my ass as a Bulls fan. (laughs) Jesus. He was just like, I guess it's, I mean... I get the reason that he sticks out to me. There was other people like Mark Jackson and Reggie Miller, like uh-huh. people that just were for various reasons, just getting on the bulls. Like when Jordan was at his heyday, he was just annoying because he wasn't even that good. Like, no, 
at least these other people were like really good and you can understand okay Reggie Miller's gonna score like 20 points in eight seconds or whatever he did against the Knicks but like John Starks was so blah and then he ended up coming to the Bulls and being awful after they broke up the dynasty team and he's terrible yeah no that's a that's a good villain he kind of just has like a villain way about him too yeah, he did. He was he very like he had a lot of swag in yeah. his in his game, and I think he uh, I think it's maybe unfair to say he was always terrible. He had some he was a little interesting like three and D kind of guy like being generous, but he was bad. He got bad quickly, and then he was just collecting paychecks from teams. Yeah, now that is a good one. All right, my number five is from the current Duke Blue Devils. Grayson Allen. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah, if you don't know much about him, he is. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a player for the Blue Devils basketball team. He uh, looks strikingly like a young Ted Cruz, which is not his fault, but really unfortunate. I never put that together, but he does. He really does, and the part that is his fault is he cannot stop himself from tripping players on the court, which is baffling. It's, as somebody who plays basketball, not something I ever think to do. And it's just like a malicious act, and it's sneaky, and I just don't get it. And I, he's a real shit. I don't, like, that's like the best description of who he is. So far this list sounds like us being like grandpas, like t- yelling about the kids in our neighborhood. Get off my lawn. That little shit Grayson keeps tripping everyone at the playground. He rides his bike through my front lawn. He's a shit. <laughs> no, he does. It's very strange. Like, I remember there was a few in a row last season where you could tell that he has like a temper tantrum. Right. And he doesn't like how the play is going. And he just like involuntarily kicks his leg out or something. It's like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's really weird. And he seems, it seems like he can't help himself from doing it, which is not an excuse as to why he does it. But I just don't get it. He just trips players. That's a good one. All right. What's your number four? All right. Number four, I'm going even further old school. Ooh. Um, Bill Lambeer. Hey, that's a good one. I, I figured there would be somebody on the Pistons that would... I thought maybe it would be Isaiah, but Bill is a good one. Well, Isaiah Isaiah w- maybe would have been, but he was so good in his own right, and he ended up like embarrassing himself so thoroughly as an executive after his playing career yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it's almost like I don't want to pile on. But Bill Lambeer was not... I mean, another one who I think he had, was known at the time for being like a... Unathletic, huge center. He, didn't he have, like, sort of a decent outside shot, if I recall correctly? That was one of his... He was, like, a weird player where he was just, like, a bruising, you know, like, guy who just gave you fouls, and he played on those bad boys Pistons teams. And I think he had, like, a pretty decent outside shot, which yeah, is surprising. He, he might, although, like, an outside shot back in those days is, like, 12 feet. <laughs> yeah, it's like a current free throw. Yeah, I think he probably had that shot in his arsenal. But he was just a, he was just like, he's the guy who would like clothesline people and like he barely even hid the stuff that he was doing that was dirty. And but believe it or not, not all of mine are like rivals of the Bulls from the uh-huh. 90s. <laughs> but they should be. But there's two and they, they were my first two and Bill Lambeer. Um, and then he went on, isn't he a coach in the WNBA? I think he had some kind of controversy at doing that too. And like, really? Yeah, I think he coached the Detroit. Uh, WNBA team and then got fired for something. I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but either way, 
I remember him just being really annoying and, and being a villain in that. I, I, I think I get, I'm harder on the people that weren't even good enough to back up like the level of punk that they were. Yes. Well, you can respect like Isaiah being like a Hall of Fame player and like, yeah, he's got some rough edges to his game, but like Bill Ambeer, what are you doing? Yeah, I I don't get it. I, I'm not a fan of Bill Ambeer either, so I totally understand him being on your list. What's your number four? My number four is Maria Sharapova. What? Yeah, a little bit of a curveball. First of all, I wanted to make sure I included at least one female athlete on my list. Here's what I don't like about her. She was busted for doping, but always, I don't know, I, I, I think tennis has this real problem, especially women's tennis, of just, like, idolizing these, like, pretty, like, blonde, maybe not blonde necessarily, but, like, there's just, like, some innate racism, I feel like, in women's tennis as to, like, what a tennis player should be. Right. And the fact that Maria Sharapova was, like, kind of tall, fit the mold of what a tennis player should be, and the Williams sisters didn't as much, and I think Maria, in her, is either a book or an article, it might have been her book, like, complained as much about how, well, she just can't compete with Serena Williams because her body type is different. It was just, it was very odd. It was, like, had some, like, bad racial undertones. And if the implication was that Serena Williams was doping, then it was, like, such a smack, like, back at Maria that she, in fact, was the one that got banned for doping. I just get the impression that she's just kind of awful. That's, you made a very good case. I was expecting to be, like, confused by it, but I was, that's actually excellent. And I, and has she, like, disappeared? I haven't heard about her in a long time. Yeah, I think she's probably done. Okay. And then, like, you're right, though, because remember, like, Anna Kornarkova was also famous for a while? Oh, yeah. She was, like, the same thing, like, a blonde, pretty tennis player or whatever. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't fault her for that, but no, like, she also, like, played into it. Right. Um, huh. That's so, a good one. Yeah. Maria Sharapova. Number four. What's your number four? Or number three, excuse me. My number three is... A.J. Pierzynski, who was on the White Sox, and they won the World Series in 2005, partially because of one of his most famous, like, the way I would describe him, I like him, because he was on the White Sox for so long, and that's my favorite team, um, despite what James Booker alleges against me, um, saying that I'm actually a Cubs fan, which is false. But beyond that, um, he was just kind of like a spark plug, so he's kind of like a... The guy that, you know, that, that cliche, like, you hate him if he's on the other team and you love him if he's on your team kind of guy. Yeah. But he just did a bunch of stuff that was, like, weird. Like, they used to play, when they would play the Twins, who he had been on the Twins previously, it was always feisty, and he seemed to be, like, at the center of all that. And then yeah. against, in the Crosstown game once, he got in, he, like, scored, and I think he knocked Michael Barrett over when he scored, and then he, like pumped his fist or something and, and Michael Barrett didn't like it. So they got in that fight where Michael Barrett like jacked him right in the face. <laughs> I love that fight. <laughs> Which was really great. Yeah. Um, and then he also, I, I believe almost in an effort to embrace his personality as being like weird and a, and a troll kind of, he like bleached his hair for a long time. Yeah, that was weird. 
<laughs> which is just like, I mean, it's fine. Do whatever you want to do with your hair. It just seemed like a strange, I don't know. He, he's, he's just had a weird career. And I think a lot of people from a lot of, that are fans of a lot of other teams see him as like a, I think he mellowed out a lot later in his career. He, I haven't heard much from him. He was still playing as of two years ago. I think he retired now, but. He is. Uh, well. Or he's oh, in, the, in the booth now, I think, or something, right? Like, he commentating. Is. He is. And I was going to ask you what you thought about that if you had heard him. I actually think he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I haven't heard a lot of it. What I did hear, he was decent. I thought he would be good at that. Because now that he's not playing, I don't think he's embracing, like, being the, being, like, kind of that rabble rouser as much. He's probably just kind of analyzing things. So, yeah, well, he's probably a lot better. I mean, the, the reason I thought he was good is because, I can't remember what network he actually works for, but um, I I was just watching a game that he was the color commentator for, and I didn't know it was him until it, like, until at least, like, half an hour or 45 minutes passed, and I realized, oh, it's AJ Brzezinski in the booth. Like, he referenced something, and then they showed him. But I thought he was actually, like, a really good color commentator. And I didn't, I had no preconceived notions of what I thought he should be, because I didn't even know who it was. Yeah, I heard him. The only time I've heard him in depth recently was he's on the score, I want to say, mm. um, on the radio, talking about just random old stories. He's, he's pretty good at that. Like, he might have a good career doing that, I think. Yeah, I think he could. Um, You're number three, I believe, Brad? Yes, my number three, sticking with baseball, Derek Jeter. Ooh. I hate Derek Jeter. I mean, a bunch of reasons why. First of all, not very many plus defensive seasons for Derek Jeter, especially late in his career. And not only was he often not a plus defender when people thought he was like the greatest defensive shortstop ever, which he never was, but he also played shortstop positionally like incorrectly. He was always too far in. Uh, he makes these, like, spectacular plays that shouldn't have been spectacular in the first place. And the thing that really gets me, and I'm not saying he's bad, he's not bad, but I hated that flip play that he made in the playoffs, I can't remember what year, toward home plate. Oh, yeah. Because I knew when it happened, and it was a good play, but I knew when it happened, it was like, oh, now everybody's going to think he's awesome at defense for the remainder of his career. Like, he just bought himself, like, that security. And so I found that just internally frustrating. Yeah, I could see that. He, he's, he was, I think he did a lot of, uh, he did a lot of those throws where, like, he would jump unnecessarily. That was his thing. Like, he would make it look harder because he would jump and throw while he was in the air, and then a better shortstop could have just thrown it. I know, what's <laughs> like, with all the jump throws? I know. But you know what's funny? I was at, when I was in New York earlier this year. Um, they had the Yes Network, of mm-hmm. course, and I, so whatever. I think it might have been he. I don't remember what it was anniversary or something. They may have been retiring his number, but they had a marathon all day of Derek Jeter's greatest moments. And there oh was God. one day when we were there where I was in the I was in the apartment we were staying at for a couple hours, and that was what was on. And they were just showing all these like replays of moments and having like people talk about him. It's insufferable. How much they talk like the greatest? He's the greatest person ever in the world, not even in sports. Yeah, and especially in the list of great Yankees, and there have been a lot. He's not. He shouldn't really be on it. 
He's no Babe Ruth. He's no Mickey Mantle. He's no Joe DiMaggio. I'm not even sure he's like Bernie Williams. Hideki Matsui. (laughs) Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, his longevity was good. But yeah, he he was a good hitting shortstop. I mean, yeah, and he could run the bases. He was smart, but he, it was just like the defense thing. Everybody would always say like he's yeah, it was a totally overblown. And then he did hang on for a while, although he was productive until like I think within the last two or three years of when he retired. But yeah, um, yeah, his he's like there's something about him. Yeah, that's a good person. I didn't even think about that. I always bug me. All right, who's your number two? My number two who you know very well is Alex Rodriguez. Oh, that's a good one. He was one, I mean, when he was with the Mariners early on, mm-hmm. um, just still to this point, I mean, one of the most advanced hitters at the age that he started hitting the way he did. Oh my God. He was um, awesome. He was just insane. And like, I mean, totally not, the, the, like Jeter, you can make a case was always slightly overrated. He was he did have years where he was worth. I mean, if you go by WAR or something, he was worth. <clears throat> he had years where he's worth a lot. But right. Rodriguez was always just so great hitting defense. You know, as he got older, of course, he wasn't able to defend as well. He had those hip injuries and stuff, but and 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 had all these issues. But was always just a fantastic player. But he had so many things that came up like that time when he like slapped the ball out of, I forget who it was Mitt on the way to first. Oh God. What a shitty little move that was. (laughs) And they caught it like perfectly on camera. And it was like, he just swatted at it. Yeah. How did he think that wouldn't be caught? I don't know. I think that's like the Grayson Allen thing. It's like, I think there's this, I don't know if it's over competitiveness or like just being like petulant or something. I don't know what it is. It's a petulance. like, when it's yeah, an innate you, part of your personality like that, that's just, ugh. Yeah, it seems like it's involuntary sometimes. Like, you know, if you could sit someone down and say, hey, you're running to first base, you think it's a close play, what do you do? They're like, well, I run as fast as I can and try to beat it. No, he, he would say, you know, that's what he would say if you asked him, but then in the moment, he just like, ah, I'm going to swat at it. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the PD stuff, lying about it, like, just... He just had a rough latter half of the career. But he's kind of like, somehow he's just, he's doing studio work now for Fox, right? And like, everyone's just talking about how great he is at that. And it's almost like all this stuff didn't happen. They're just kind of like, oh, now he's a great announcer. I do kind of love Fox's lineup. I love that they have him. They have Frank Thomas. Love seeing Frank out there. Don't they have Pete Rose? Yeah, I think they do. How do you have A-Rod and Pete Rose on your panel? And they have Poppy too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like quite the lineup. They're gonna, they're like going for, just like people that stirred things up. <laughs> they really are. That's smart. All right, my number two is not an athlete, but part of the sports sports world. It took me a while to figure out who I was primarily blaming for this, but I think it goes on the shoulder of Howard Schultz, who is the CEO of Starbucks. And who used to own the Seattle Supersonics from, I think, about 2001 or two uh, through 2008. Um, or no, I guess 2007. So he sold the team uh, to Clay Bennett from Oklahoma City. 
And the reason I'm not picking Clay Bennett as the particular villain is because the guy is from Oklahoma City. Though he lied about it, you could pretty clearly see it was always his intention to move the team to Oklahoma City. And Howard Schultz should have known that. This is I'm glad that you have this because we were briefly discussing before we started recording about and I kind of mentioned this and that was the tricky part is like who do you blame but you're you're absolutely right because if he owned the team and he knew you know you're you're going to be a moron if you're if you're engaging in the sale of an NBA franchise you know first of all to have enough money to own one and then to be engaged in the sale of it if you're going to sell it to someone you're going to know their background so you would know what their intentions would be yeah he and sh- he should have known he should have known. He did know. He always complained that the team was hemorrhaging money, which I doubt. And he also sold the team for $150 million profit over like a five-year period. So worked out pretty well for him. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not on board with that. I, I think he, David Stern is another person to blame in this whole debacle, but I think the primary person to blame is Howard Schultz. Two things about this. One, there must be a really big number one for that to be your number two, because I know how much you love the Sonics and how crappy. I mean, even if you don't love the Sonics, that was crappy, because Seattle should have an NBA team. I mean, it's ridiculous. I think but, they will. I think they will. And yes. That's why I didn't put him number one, um, even though it was very, very close. But I'd be kidding myself if I didn't per- put this person number one. But I think I was going to say, I, the good news is I just read an article. They cleared the key arena renovations where they're going to like modernize it up to standards of NBA team, right? By like 2020 or something. Yeah. And you know what? I, I actually, I preferred the other arena plan and the other arena team better. But at this point, I, I'm not even really sure I care. I just want them to advance with something. Yeah. They need to get, they need to get it going. They need a team back. Yeah. All right. Could they, be the, could they be the Supersonics if they go back? Yes. And do you think they would do that? Yes, I definitely think they would be the Supersonics again. They have. They'd have to, right? They can't. They can't be like the Bobcats and then go back to the Hornets. No, I think without question, uh, the next NBA team in Seattle will be the Supersonics, and probably right away. Uh, I'm excited. We yeah. got to keep this storyline on the on the front burner on this podcast. Oh my god! If it happens, it is the theme of that podcast. We should have a whole like month of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah i'm down for that okay so all right who's your number one my number one is the ginger commish of the nfl roger goodell Ooh, interesting i wasn't thinking about him for some reason but that is a great number one he is filthy rich he makes a an obscene amount of money obscene for what he does i understand that the stakes are very high because he has all these owners that he's an advocate for that make that are all worth insane amounts of money. He's got all this pressure. He's rated number one sports villain by idiots like me on podcasts. So he, you yeah. know, he, you're a public figure at that level. Fine, people make money. Whatever. He makes like, doesn't he make like forty five million dollars a year or something like that? Yeah, I think. What was he asking for? Fifty million plus private jet usage plus something and else really weird. Lifetime of health care for him and his family, which is hilarious. Why can't you just afford that? Not only that, but the 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 lack of self awareness to ask for that when that's a debate in this country that everybody <laughs> should have that and say, guess what? I don't care that I make fifty million. I want lifetime healthcare because I know how expensive that is. <laughs> yeah, well, never mind. Not even speaking about it on a countrywide level, but how about just for retired NFL players 
who have yeah. massive brain problems now. Right. Plus, the way they handled... They come off looking so petty with the way they handled the Deflategate thing with, with the Patriots, who... It's very clear that he hates them for some reason, and I understand. Like you could make an argument that Patriots belong in here, like Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, somebody like that. Yeah, but they're in my which honorable. is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I understand, but he, like, he's the commissioner of the league. You cannot have an obvious bias against a team or player or person and be respected as a commissioner. And he just seems completely tone deaf. He seems terrible at his job to me. He want Jerry Jones. I'm actually rooting for Jerry Jones for once because he's trying to get him out and he's having a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I can't stand that guy. And like every time there's all these inconsistent enforcements of rules and like suspensions and it just doesn't make any sense. It feels like it's a free for all, but it, they still make money hand over fist. So I guess he's not going anywhere. Yeah. All right. My number one bump -ba -da -bum, is Michael Jordan. Oh, boy. Yeah, and the reason is, essentially, he stopped the Seattle Supersonics of my childhood from winning the championship in 1996. And I think that was a really good Sonics team, and I think they probably could have faced just about anybody else in the East and beaten them. I could also say that maybe in 1994, like, Dikembe Mutombo was a good villain, but I can't bring myself to actually villainize Dikembe Mutombo. I don't have a problem with him, really. And he's great. Though his his joy on the court when he was just like laying down and holding the basketball after that game five win in the first round against the Sonics in '94 is like kind of etched in my memory. It's it's hard to hate a guy who is that joyful. I also don't think he was like the main problem with the Sonics uh, losing that series. Right? Who was it? Brian Stiff? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Robert Pack or. Robert Pat, that's a good pull. They had Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Rauf, and then who is their power forward? I forget the guy's name. He was really athletic. He was good. Uh, Daniel Marshall? No. Ah, shoot. That's going to kill me now. Rodney Rogers? Oh, jeez. Man. All right, hold up. I, <laughs> I gotta, really want to know. I got to find this right Can now. Can we dub in afterwards like one of us saying right <laughs> Yeah. What was that guy? No, but I totally agree with Jordan. I mean... I wouldn't put him on there because I love I loved him. I was a Bulls fan. All oh, right, up, but how could you? I could totally understand that. Like, if I wouldn't have been a Bulls fan, I probably would have hated him. I mean, he he was frustrating because he was either so good, or you know, you could say like he was really arrogant. He would taunt people a lot, and he did it in a way that wasn't as obvious. Like he would. He would get under people's skin. Plus, he like had the whole tongue out thing when he would dunk, which is probably annoying if you didn't like bulls, like all that kind of stuff. I could, I could see it. Yeah, but especially, I, it was the player I was thinking of was Lafonso Ellis. Oh, Lafonso Ellis, good call. Yeah. Okay, but so going back to Michael Jordan, a few reasons. Like in 1996, I don't think he was really on the whole tongue hanging out wagon. I mean, this is like the second part of his career, and I think what bothered me the most about Michael Jordan is. Whether or not it was true, the feeling I had as an 11-year-old in 1996 when the Sonics were in the finals is that Michael Jordan got every goddamn call. Yeah. And it's irrational when you're that old, but I also felt like he was just, like, abusive toward the referees, practically. Never got kicked out of games, even though I, I would think any mid-level player would have been at that point. 
but yeah, that drove me nuts. Yeah, he did. Uh, I try not to. When I watch sports now, maybe it's because I'm not particularly invested in any real team. I don't like try to think about how bad the refereeing is, but it like that was the height of that bothering me, and I always felt like they just won't let Michael Jordan lose. But he's also really great at basketball, so that was the other aspect of it. Yeah, and I can see totally with that Sonics team too because they were so good and. That was that was one of those things where it's like, why can't they just be playing like, you know, from your perspective, I can see that. Like, why can't they be playing anybody else? Yeah, other than jerks. Yeah, no. So that's that's why that's my number one. You have a couple honorable mentions you want to go through? I do. I have one quick one. You mentioned him already, David Stern. Um, yeah, that's a good one. He's on there because of the Sonics thing, and he also when he was. When he was the NBA commissioner, I remember having a favorable opinion of him. He just seemed like, whenever I would see him talk, I was like, okay, you know, he's not, you know, he seems likable, whatever. When he left, just hearing, like, how he was involved with with Oklahoma City, getting the Sonics, stealing the Sonics, and then, like, that whole thing with Chris Paul, when he was, when they nixed that trade, when he was supposed to go. weird. Was he supposed to go to the Clippers and then, or what? No, he was supposed to go to the Lakers. Oh, the Lakers, right? Yeah, it just—he did weird things, and I and I've heard a lot of stuff like his involvement with like the age, um, the limit on how old the players could be when they enter the draft, and like the way he's trying to manipulate things. Just kind of, I don't know. No, I, I I definitely feel you on that one. Um, my my other quick one was Barry Bonds. Yeah, I had Barry Bonds on my list as well. It's hard not to. Definitely, I didn't put him. I didn't put him as. Higher up because he, I loved him as a player, and I think the evidence is probably pretty hard to ignore that he did end up juicing for part, you know, for for a large part of the end of his career. But he was still so unbelievably talented at hitting, like his eye, that I feel like yes, it aided his power probably and aided his ability to stay healthy. But he was still like a freak, like. On like on any other player I can think of, unlike any other player I could think of, with how he um, managed the strike zone and made it extremely difficult for pitchers to actually pitch to him. So I still found him very impressive despite that. For sure. No, I have him there. I have John Rocker, Tanya Harding, Tom Brady, Dennis Rodman, Mike Tyson, and Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, so Dikembe did get in there in the honorable mentions. In the honorable mentions, but yeah. It was great when he used to do the finger wag, and then one time Jordan dunked on him, and he gave him a finger wag back, of course, and that was a fun time. No, that was great. I mean, that's what you got to do back to somebody. Yeah. All right, if you have sports villains that you think we missed, go ahead and shoot us a a tweet at at Whiskey Sessions, or send us an email at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we will check those out. And now, because we have a few emails in the email inbox, why don't we go ahead and get to those? These are your emails. You sent us emails to read. Emails! And now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what have we got in the old email inbox? We got a message from Philomena from London, England. Whoa. So we've got an international listener. Um... And she's upset with our um, movie villains list. Oh, boy. So she writes, uh, how could you possibly not include 
Dr. Evil from the Austin Powers films on your top five movie villains. Not only was he a great villain, he had Dr. Evil as his name, which clearly tells you that he was the most evil villain. You know, that's a good point. Maybe it's too on the nose, Philomena. That could be. Do you think that uh, it gets any credit for the fact that Mike Myers played the star and the villain, plus a bunch of other random people? That was... Wait a minute. (laughs) That was Mike Myers was playing Dr. Evil? Yeah. You didn't know that? Okay, but then who was playing Austin Powers? I thought Mike Myers was Austin Powers. He was. All right, well, now I'm all turned around. How did they film this? Well, what they did was... Mike Myers played Austin Powers, and they okay. filmed the whole movie once, all the way right. through. Got it. All the then way they had Lorne Michaels uh-huh. play Doctor Evil when Mike Myers was Austin Powers. Okay, got it. He so then they filmed it again right. with Mike Myers playing Doctor Evil, uh-huh. and they got Elizabeth Hurley to dress to cross dress, okay, and become Austin Powers oh. when Mike Myers was Doctor Evil. And then I found out later that Mike Myers based Dr. Evil on Lord Michaels, which is like total mind blown at this point. And I don't Sounds know if you've watched right. those movies recently, but let me just say A plus cinema. Yeah. Right there. I really Hel- like the first one. It completely holds up. Like it was came out yesterday. There's nothing dated about it. Nope. It's not hacky. Uh-uh. It's great. I like how in the second Austin Powers movie, instead of new jokes, they just come up with sequels to every single joke in the first one. That was that was like groundbreaking. It's like we're making a sequel, so of course we just take the script. Very from interesting the first movie. Yeah, and they just made little notes in the margins, <laughs> like how would you make this joke a sequel? They just did it for every joke. Yes. How would you take this a little bit further, further, and not make it funny at all? <laughs> All right. So thank you, Philomena, but uh, <laughs> yes, I agree. We should have included Dr. Evil. <laughs> All right, I got one more email. Uh, it starts, how's it going, dudes? This is Bill from Microsoft. Oh, interesting. What do you think about having a cool PCAST, like Whiskey Sessions, as an exclusive for the new Zune podcast platform? Apple Podcasts are definitely not rad anymore. I've heard from very credible sources that the zune is completely underrated i think it's gonna make a comeback should we get on that bad wagon i say yes because he called them pcast and that makes it seem like he's cool and he's on the cutting edge i think it is cutting edge and it is cool so we should th- the zune right yeah i think we should join do you think it's the bill for microsoft it might be. I gotta trust it is. And if that's the case, this is the last podcast that you're gonna hear on Apple iTunes. We're going zoom all the way. We're gonna. We're going. We're zooming through the waves. The podcast PCAST waves to your ears. Podcast waves. Yeah. <laughs> PCAST. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you have an email that you'd like to send to us, uh, please do. We're at whiskey sessions music at gmail.com and we will read it on a future episode uh but that wraps it up for this episode thank you so much for listening be pimp you got anything to leave the listeners with just um get ready to hear those pcasts on your zooms only on your zooms get that new zoom all right this is amen signing off i'm be pimp bye peace out